This week, chips are getting harder to find, Steam Deck is getting easier to control, and Disney Plus is getting cheaper to watch. It's Sunday, March 6th. 2022, and this is episode 618 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where, of course, you can join the community and get ad-free versions of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or, of course, on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can join us by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, if you can't do that, remember you can always subscribe by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plunkets Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Well, Avram, we've been off for a little while. <laughs> some planned and some unplanned, but we're back. Yeah, back. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's been quite a uh, few weeks in the world, let alone our worlds. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a time, but there's certainly a lot to talk about. Oh, it's been a time. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're <laughs> trying to stay out of all of the chaos and we're going to try and do that, uh, for you here. Um, I guess one interesting note, uh, from a production standpoint, all of our CES content is out in the wild now which I am so grateful about. It took longer than I would have liked, but not as long as it did a couple of years ago, where I think we were still publishing into April or something. But uh, plughitslive.com slash CES, you'll see all of our interviews. We had some really great ones this year um, and some ones that, uh, that definitely deserve another look. Obviously, I'm biased with the Monster Luminescence, but there's some other really great ones out there as well. So definitely check that out. If you're watching us on YouTube, they're there as well. Look for the CES 2022 uh, playlist. You'll see all of our content. And that uh, brings me back to what I mentioned just a moment ago. Uh, remember, uh, on YouTube, if you join our community, you get some stuff like ad-free versions of this show. This show right here. Um, and uh, also... Um, early access to other content and some private content as well that will only be available to uh, to members over there plus a little loyalty badge which is pretty cool it is a it is a uh, uh, Zelda heart uh, that gets more full over time it's pretty cool anyway I guess that's it for for the ads uh, there's been there's been a lot going on here we we did some rearranging here in the in the studio I know. Most people can't see it, and that's the point. 
from the outside world, you shouldn't see any changes. But uh, lots of stuff have hap- has happened in here, uh, which has been fun. What's been going on on your side, Abram? Well, you know, I've been uh, got in a bunch of new key switches that I'm trying okay. right now to see which ones I like the best. I have uh, order a bunch that I ordered. So these are this is glazed green box glazed green, which I'm going to be trying shortly. Uh, I just put in with the help of my three year old uh, some. Uh, canary was it no noble yellow switches okay and and these are my favorite are box whites but these are a variation on that these are called box white owl switches supposedly a little bit lighter a little bit lighter press so i'm trying yeah why they call them owl i don't know you can ask the kale company which makes all of these switches why they feel compelled to name it that uh, the noble yellow ones are because they were done, uh, I think, with. Actually, I'm not sure why, but anyway. So, yeah, the. Um, so, I don't know. I got. I had bought a bunch of different switches to try, and I figured I would put them on my hot swappable keyboard, try them for a day or two, then switch to the next one and the next one till I, uh, till I figure out which one I like the best, because. You know, things feel a certain way in your hand uh, when you take an individual switch and touch it. But, you know, I just really don't think that that matches up to taking at least like 30 of them and putting them in a keyboard. Now, I was too cheap to buy like 100 of them (laughs) of each one just in case I don't like them. So I bought like for like the yellows, which I didn't think I would like the best. I bought 30 that was enough to pretty much cover like the letter keys the period comma and the space bar yeah um but for other you know for you know if i find i like one well then i probably should get it for all the keys and then you know like 96 of them or something for this keyboard but anyway yeah, I mean, I'm trying out different uh, different switches to see if... I mean, I always love my box white switches, but I figure... Which, by the way, look like this. Um, but I always... But I'm kind of hoping, hey, maybe I could find something I like even better because, you know, it would be uh, cool to, um, you know, always take it up a, a step, right? Sure. So... Um, and then my son and I have been uh, working on his robots a bit this weekend. So, you know, it's been very nice. It's been pretty cool. Very nice. Thanks. That sounds like sounds like a series of fun projects. Uh, yep. Although uh, switching out uh, keys can be. What's the word I'm looking for? Ah, yes. Tedious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah they popped out pretty easily on this and I only did, like I said, I only did like 30 of them. So it didn't take very long. If I did every key, then it would, uh, then it wouldn't be quite as, quite as good. So, yeah. So we'll have to see. Yeah. It can be, it can be kind of tedious, but my daughter loves to do it. I mean, she can actually pull the. I didn't let her pull the switches out, but I let her pull the key caps out. Okay. The key cap puller. And she was, pretty good at that but then i was faster so i just started handing them to her and making her put them away and that was like good for her to put them in a bin 
So anyway. Whatever works. I know she likes to be yeah. there with you. So <laughs> Yeah, she likes to you know, if we're working on something, she likes to work on it. So yeah. You know. Otherwise she feels left out. So I can understand that. For sure. Yeah. Well, I I look forward to hearing your uh your your take on the different switches. Uh, Alante in the chat says, I like the sound of the click. I don't know which one you were clicking at the particular time. Uh, They're since. all clicky. All of, the, all of them are clicky. Uh, they're, it's trying to zone in on which one is the best clicky. Uh, there's a couple, <laughs> other color, uh, a couple of other colors of Switch, or I guess you, I mean, the Switches are marked by colors, but really other models of Switch I would like to try also to see how they stack up, although these all seem to be very similar to the box white switches, which are my favorites. So I figured there was a good chance that one of these would be would be up there at least as good or if not better. So well, I I do look forward to the overall analysis. Uh, but for now, I think we've got a bunch of news to talk about. So let's get down to yep. that. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately seeking an Xbox, uh, new games, and a whole lot more, you can get that with the Microsoft Store. And remember, the current students, faculty, active military, and parents uh, can save up to 10% on almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discount, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start with the topic that we're going to contradict just a little bit uh, in a little bit, <laughs> and that's okay because this one's a little predictive, and uh, Avram's gonna talk about the current real world situation. Um, but we've been talking about the chip shortages uh, for like a year now, at least uh, in one way or another, because you know Avram, we talked about the inability to get webcams early on in lockdown and stuff like that. Um, and so the chip shortages have been a problem for a while in a variety of places. Um, we've started to see some clearing of that, but <laughs> uh, we're going to add some insult to injury here because there is a component that is used in the production of, of these chips that is produced mostly in one place in the world. It's neon gas, which is an interesting tie-in to your noble yellow switches, since neon is a noble gas. Um, but it is produced, 50% of the world's neon is produced in the Ukraine. Uh, and obviously, with everything that's going on in the Ukraine right now, neon production is going to be a bit of a challenge. And to compound the problem... Uh, the neon that Ukraine produces is made uh, from byproduct of the oil production from Russia. So I can't imagine that the Ukraine right now is going to be getting any of that from Russia. And I can't imagine that they're terribly focused on producing neon right now when you consider that uh, even their, their like, 
blacksmiths, which I'm a little surprised exist, but the blacksmiths in Ukraine have started making anti-tank uh, pokey chain things. So kind of everybody has changed what they're focusing on. <laughs> so I can't imagine that producing neon gas so that Taiwan can make chips is going to be high on their list of priorities. So are we? Do no. you think we're going to see more more chip shortages? Possibly. I mean, maybe they can get more neon gas from another area. I mean, my understanding was that, yeah, I mean, that that could be, you know, it, it really just shows how the world is uh, globally connected and how, you know, this, it's, it's, it's weird, right? Because if you go back, like, I don't know, like 30, 40 years, Right uh, when the Soviet Union was around, we didn't have access to that that neon either. Right, True. so uh, although we weren't producing chips like we are to the level say, that we are today, so our light bulbs didn't require chips. <laughs> yes, yes. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a problem. Unfortunately, they're not the only place. Hopefully, they can get more neon from somewhere else. Maybe we can have fewer neon lights i don't know it there it's it, it is it is absolutely a is absolutely a problem i mean i think you know the, i think we're all going to have to get used to some consequences of this conflict like yeah. you know i know a lot of people are are concerned about the impact on the energy market too like how much is it going to raise gas prices how much is it going to raise my heating bill and then they yeah. spill over into how that affects inflation elsewhere you know look i mean sure. there's a major land war in europe if we're all expecting for life to go on as normal uh with this going on guess what it's not going on as normal and yeah uh, you know there are both, people both in countries are involved in in industries, heavily involved in industries that affect our daily lives. Yeah. R Russia yeah, on no the question. fuel side, uh, Ukraine on several, they're like the second largest producer of corn or something in the world and all kinds of right. things like that. Right. Right. So, and, and, and guess what? Even if, uh, the, even if let's say Russia pulled out tomorrow, there's been a lot of damage yeah. done to the infrastructure so I'm sure that neon production would not just come right back up, uh, right? So, yeah, you know, the thing is, it is this is this is bad, and we absolutely have to look at it as tech people and how it's going to affect our corner of the of the world, which sure. is a pretty big corner, right? Like, people need chips for everything, but you know, on the other hand, there's people whose lives are being really, really affected right. in the Ukraine where they're hiding in the subway station to avoid bombs. Right. And, you know, our, our little you know, problems seem kind of insignificant in comparison to me in comparison to that. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, on, on the other hand, yeah, I can, I can foresee this leading to uh, more chip shortages just as we're coming out of, a period of of chip shortages mm -hmm. uh maybe maybe what it leads to is the prices go up but you can still get them 
Uh, sure. I I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's a good question. It it kind of begs um, the kind of begs the question that if this is something that uh, is really needed, can they get the production somewhere else, or can they change the process somehow right. to to use something else, or or just you know get their neon get production of neon ramped up somewhere else because uh, I mean. I don't see this problem fixing itself that quickly. Right. So, you know, even if Russia leaves, there's still going to be issues. So for quite a while, know, this is a lot of other shortage things that are going on are kind of temporary headwinds that, that there's a solution around the corner for, for example, you have a pandemic and the pandemic is causing causing issues with productivity right. and with things getting shipped. Uh, so, okay, hopefully, you know, we all hope that that situation is getting better now, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it, but you know, other things like ability to do production, we're seeing actually more plants come online for chip production over the next True. couple of years. So Intel's got it going on. Intel's got its mega fab that they're putting in in Ohio, for example. Yes. Exactly. There's a lot of that stuff going online. So you can say, hey, you know, the, the solutions for some of these things are right around the corner. But the solution for uh, getting more Ukraine, more neon out of Ukraine uh, might not be right around the corner. So right. the industry is going to have to find long term, may have to find long term solutions, uh, long term solutions to that need. Yeah. Yeah. Centralizing production of anything into one region is always a weird thing, right? Just like we talked about, you know, the chips being produced mostly in Taiwan that. Right. That's, that's which, extremely problematic, right? Right. Because that's going to be the next, that's going to be the next conflict. Yes. Right. So if, if uh, China were to decide to, you know, to take over Taiwan, that would be have an infinitely bit larger impact yeah. than this because that's where a ton of the production takes place. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would be wise for the companies that produce chips to to look to uh, diversify where mm. they are manufacturing, uh, get out of zones that might be that might have conflict at some point. I mean, granted, Taiwan has been a very stable uh, place, good place for production for a long time, but you know, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So right. I don't know, I guess, I guess like everything else, you need redundancy. True. Absolutely. And we're going to see, hopefully not, but we might see over the next couple of months exactly what that that lack of redundancy may or may not to do to the uh, the global chip production. I guess I guess only time will tell on that one. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. 
The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right. So, so we talked about well, we talked about chip shortages possibly coming up, but uh, the current situation is not entirely that dire. So let me give you some good news. <laughs> good news. I have I have some good news. So the good news is that we is that the availability of graphics cards is graphics cards are getting more available and prices of graphics cards are going down. Now, the, this is a quite a dilemma, and we're gonna talk about, I've been working on an, an update, an updated list of recommended PC builds, and I can actually take you through some of the recommendations, and we'll, I, we'll have this published this week, but I can tell you right now what they are. But one thing that's interesting to note is just how affordable, uh, I should say relatively affordable, it is to get a graphics card compared to a few months ago. So what does that mean? Graphics cards are not selling anywhere near their MSRPs. They're still much higher. They're still, you know, 50%, 60% marked up. So not exactly a great time to get a graphics card, but you can get them at Newegg. You can get them at Amazon. You can get the graphics cards there. Whereas, it, up until recently, the only place you could get them was usually either by luck that, you know, your local store would get one in, or we saw that horrible situation. Did we talk about the situation with Best Buy and them charging people $200 to for the right to attempt to buy a video card? Yeah, I, th I think we've mentioned right. it in passing. I don't know that it was a topic. But I know that we've we've discussed it on yeah. one of the shows. Yeah, so it's wild. You know, and then you have the, the new egg shuffle where you can enter a drawing to win the right to buy a graphics card. Somebody so, referred to that as new egg scalper. Right, and not necessarily buy it at, at MSR anywhere close to MSRP. Right. So it's not necessarily a great a great situation. However, now you actually can go and you can find these cards. Uh, readily available, although not necessarily at the prices you want, and this makes it so that, hey, you can you can build a PC. So let because uh, I wouldn't say that counting on scalpers on eBay to have something is a great strategy for for building your PC. So uh, first of all, I want to start off by showing you a tool that, oops, sorry, I meant to hit the share screen by showing you a tool that. Uh, that I really like, which is um, which is the uh, which is a PC part picker. So I love this website, PC Part Picker. I wish uh, it's I wish the I best. could make a tool like this. And this is a great. Now I won't say that the stock on this is 100% up to date in real time. It's close, but now if you go here and you go to the System Builder, right? Uh, which is where I'm at. And then you can see different things. So if you go choose a video card, right? 
it used to be the case that like 99% of this stuff was out of stock, but I can go here and I can reasonably find, let's say, I mean, a, a really good mid-range graphics card now would be the 3060 Ti, right? And if I sort this by price, I can now get, no, maybe it's not working like it was on Friday. Uh, <laughs> um, uh -oh. If I try 3060, okay, better yet, 3060, right? Um, if I choose the 3060, I can now see that for like, I can now easily see there are all these different places that have it. Similarly, if I just go to Amazon and I look for a 3060 Ti, right, I can see here that, uh, you know, not to say that they're cheap, but, you know, $818, $774, hey, I could actually get one. There's like multiple different models available and uh, they're not selling out immediately. So I guess if they were MSRP, they would sell it immediately. So why, why is this happening? Because the mining market has imploded in a way. There's just not as much money to be made in crypto mining as there was. Uh, and when we talk about mining primarily on the PC, we're talking about Ethereum mining because Bitcoin is done with specialized machines called ASICs. And most of the other non-Ethereum or Bitcoin uh, cryptos are not worth enough to make it worth it. Now, I believe we talked on this, I believe we talked a few weeks ago about how much money how long, how many years it would take you to break even on a graphics card if you were mining. And Absolutely. I think that message, maybe it's because I talked about it. I don't know. But the <laughs> message has gotten out. And I think that there's fewer miners out there snapping up these cards. So they're more available to regular consumers to buy. So what does that mean for you? Are you if you want to build a PC. Well, let's talk for a second about how inexpensively you could build a PC. So a few years ago, we started at Tom's Hardware started to do a story on the best PC builds. And we would try to price out, uh, you know, here's what you can get for under $500. Here's what you can get for under a thousand. Here's what you could build for under 2000. And this was a very hard thing to maintain over the last year or two, because what we'd really have to say is who knows what you can build because if you want a graphics card, you've got to buy it off of eBay and that's not, not a stable thing. So now we're revisiting the lists and we can actually recommend some things for under a thousand or, or under, um, or, you know, under 1500 and it's, it's quite feasible for you to get them. So, uh, what you can do so for less than five hundred dollars what our recommendation is is that you build around a ryzen 5 5600 g that is a ryzen cpu or otherwise known as an apu in this case with a good radeon vega integrated graphics so you will not be buying a discrete graphics card and you can get that chip and a, a B450M motherboard, uh, 16 gigs of DDR4 RAM, a 500 gigabyte WD Blue SN550 SSD, and a 450 watt power supply 
and a cooler master case with a uh, with a nice tempered glass window on the side for four hundred and eighty eight dollars today, uh, which is really not wow. bad. Now that's that's only going to get you to you know seven twenty p gaming. Oh, I should also give the caveat that when I say these prices, I'm not including the cost of buying Windows because uh, you may have Windows already or be able to get it for cheap or free. And of course, you'll need keyboard and mouse and a monitor as you always do. So uh, now, if you now for what can you do for under a thousand? For under a thousand, you can get uh, you can get a system with 32 gigs of RAM. A one terabyte Samsung 970 Evo SSD, uh, Ryzen 5 5600X uh, CPU, and either RTX 3050 or Radeon RX 6600 graphics. And those cards are both around 400 to $450. So, you know, we're seeing, hey, you know, you could, you could get an okay graphics card. I would call these kind of low end for about $400. So not not terrible. That 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 system by current prices would cost you that I've just named with an NZXT a nice NZXT case and a 550 watt uh Corsair bronze 80 plus bronze power supply would comes to $996 today. What the next step up after that uh is to get a system with RTX 3060 graphics um, and a Intel Core i5-12400 CPU and uh, again, 32 gigabytes of RAM, uh, two terabyte SSD uh, and a 650 watt power supply for 1486. And uh, of course, if you can splurge a little bit more and get a 3060 Ti instead of a 3060, that will be maybe another $100. So you're talking about a 3060 is about $700, 3060 Ti about $800, $825. Uh, so that would take you up around $1,600, but not terrible. Now, um, later this week, you'll see the full article where we'll also mention our high-end uh, and super high-end uh, recommendations, which will, uh, which would cost you about twenty-two hundred and thirty-five hundred dollars to build. Uh, uh, those are, of course, kind of pulling out a lot of the stops on um, things like uh, cooling and the CPU and so on. But I think the message is: you can build a system. It's not. Um, is this a great time to get a graphics card? That kind of remains to be seen, doesn't it? Because we're kind of betwixt in between, right? It could be the case that uh, this is a, a, a respite in shortages because of the neon situation. Maybe, uh, maybe crypto mining makes somewhat of a comeback. Although there's reason to believe that Ethereum is not going to make a comeback in the sense that it's going from a proof of work to a proof of stake model, which means that it's not going to require these hefty calculations from a graphics card. So uh, on the other hand, you know, could there be worse shortages in the future? So you can get a graphics card now, 
If the current trends continue, though, the prices will definitely go further down. Uh, but at least you're in a position where you can build a PC. And then the final thing I bet someone would ask is, well, how does this compare to buying an off-the-shelf computer? Because there has there has not really been a huge shortage of graphics cards if you're willing to buy a pre-built PC. Buying a pre-built PC has been the, the easiest way to get your hands on a 3080 or a 3070 or a 3060 graphics card because there's been a lot more supply going to OEMs like Alienware and Lenovo and HP than there has been going to off-the-shelf graphics cards that you put in your own system. So um, what I have found is that the prices may be are fairly similar, except that once you start talking about the RAM and storage, building your own, it comes out cheaper. So I've seen like 30, a 36, Best Buy selling a desktop with a 3060 card inside for like $1,300. But, you know, it doesn't have a one terabyte SSD in there. It doesn't have, you know, 32 gigs of RAM. It doesn't have, you know, so you definitely come out ahead on the cost of RAM and storage. And you get a chance to kind of better craft your system as always, if you build it yourself. Fair enough. Yeah, you you get that fine grain control when you're building it yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, there's always, you know, there's always uh, companies that let you build it yourself without building it yourself, but those don't tend to be. Oh, those are more the money. same. Yeah, those, those don't tend to be in the same price category as actually building. Yeah, those, it those are. Yeah, those, those are more expensive. So, yeah, I mean, you will occasionally, like I said, see uh, Best Buy or something selling a desktop with one of these for perhaps less than you would add it up to. Although, only if you're not. I mean, generally speaking, in my uh, calculations. You come out ahead by building it yourself. You may not come out very far ahead. Okay. Um, it may be almost breaky in. Uh, so it 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 really it really depends. I, I mean, some of the systems that you'll see that are going for a low price point with these things, they're gonna you know find a way to save money, like giving you a five hundred gigabyte SSD, which is really really low, right. or giving you a hard drive or, or something like that, which you don't want. So. Fair enough. And, uh, and I know you said that it's not out yet, but it will be coming out this week, right? Yes. So we have a best uh, PC builds page, which we're updating with all this stuff. And probably Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll have it updated with all these new build recommendations. So uh, come, come check it out at, at Tom's Hardware. And if you think... By the way, just out of, you know, to combine our last two topics, one of the things I've been really following the last week, because I'm really curious, is what's the graphics card situation like if you live in Russia? Mm -hmm. Is your, like, are the prices going shooting way up yet? Uh, because not only is the value of the ruble gone down, but also you, but also you have to figure that uh, there's been a lot of uh, sanctions that I think would prevent uh, a lot of these, you know, 
consumer electronics being sold to businesses in Russia. Yeah. And so, so far, I want to say that you can still get everything. Um, for example, I'm, I'm on a website right now that called citylink.ru, which apparently is a big electronic uh, vendor in Russia. And I looked for NVIDIA graphics cards and they have them all. But how much do they cost? A lot. So a 3060 <laughs> card, um, a 3060 card, according to this, will cost 156,970 rubles, which translates uh, by today's exchange rate to 1400 and something dollars. So, uh, so you know, that's about double what it's costing in the U.S. It's And I also have to wonder whether any of these stores yet have adjusted their prices for the value of current of the currency. Like, have they raised the prices yet to totally take into account the drop in the value of the ruble? Because, like, I'm translating the rubles to dollars, but if you took, you know, even like a week or a week and a half ago, you took the the value of the the ruble, uh, this would actually be a lot more than fourteen hundred dollars. Right. So, yeah. Like, if you were to compare the ruble of today to the ruble of fourteen days ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, and there's not really a great like PC part picker for Russia that I found that would tell you like what the price was on something two weeks ago uh, versus versus today. But uh, we have been kind of tracking that story a little bit on Tom's hardware just to see if it just to see if like this is going to result in as I you as I would expect massive uh, you know massive uh, issues shortages for folks who live in Russia for getting these fine components. But so far, it looks like everything is available, and I hadn't really studied Russian pricing before, so I don't <laughs> really know whether maybe it was normally fourteen hundred dollars or normally one hundred fifty thousand rubles like a month ago, uh, and so uh, you know because things are you know probably more expensive in some a lot more expensive in some countries than they are in the U.S. for uh, for a lot of reasons. So I don't know, but uh, if you want. You know, if you really uh, want something to see expensive, a RTX 3090 card, which to be fair, is a $1,500 MSRP card that is normally, what, $3,000 or something in the U.S. these right. days, is selling for 605,000 rubles, which I believe is like $5,800. So, um, so I suggest not... I suggest getting a 3080 instead. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's um, obviously, obviously, it's pretty expensive to uh, to buy a graphics card there. Sure. Well, I'd imagine that's going to be the the general case for a lot of things going forward. Uh, but yep. anyway, thank you, Abram. Uh, getting to yep. see information on uh on the cards becoming available not an msrp yeah but but being able to be had at all yeah is is yeah. really an advance 
Yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, we will see whether the global situation makes things worse. Uh, right. On the other hand, on the other hand, uh, although I think Russia only accounted for like 1.5% of, of tech of, I think the semiconductor market, you will, uh, if these uh, sanctions are in place so that it's hard for them to import graphics cards, that may, that may make it more graphics cards available in other countries. Uh, particularly if folks were crypto mine were crypto mining in Russia uh, and crypto mining might be more popular there now because crypto, um, you know, crypto is maintaining value much more True. than the ruble is. So. True. Yeah. Cause you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum have basically been doing this, but they've been sitting on a pretty, you know, oscillating on a pretty right. even line. The line is lower than right. it was six months ago. But it's been oscillating on a pretty solid line the last couple of weeks. Oh, and some of the um, the exchanges have said that they're not pulling out of they're not pulling out of Russia, yeah, whereas Coin Visa and Mastercard are. Yeah. So. Yep. It's an interesting time <laughs> across a yeah. lot of industries right now. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here uh, in a minute, but. As always, Avram, definitely appreciate uh, the look into availability again because, yay, availability again. Fingers crossed it only <laughs> gets better. I don't know that that's yeah. going to be the case, but let's hope. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as always, I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is probably powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround sound, plus extra features like dual mics and ultra-low latency into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for the Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. To learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions, you can go to f5live.tv slash I'll be with you in just a second as I remember how to do this show. There we go. <laughs> oh, and I've still got the typo up at the top. I apologize, guys. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Steam Deck. We've been very excited about this product around here. We have uh, one that we're waiting on ourselves <laughs> that will li likely uh, be in, in the second quarter. But the first units are out. Um, the people who have gotten them have had almost nothing but positive things to say about them. Um, in fact, it's unusual to see any product receive the, the positive response uh, that this one has. Of course, it's not all been positive, but much of it has been. Um, people are loving the portability, the fact that, you know, uh, you've got, theoretically, got your whole Steam library available to you. Um, and then the fact that 
they're pretty open for repair, right? Like that's an aspect in the gaming world that is almost exclusively a no. <laughs> no, you may yeah. not re- repair it. You may not touch it. If you do, you're never playing online again. Get out. Yeah, I mean, I got to give Steam a, a Valve, uh, right. the, the makers of Steam and Steam Deck, a lot of credit here for how they've conducted themselves in, in terms of just you know, being really considerate of their knowing their audience, being really considerate of the audience in terms of like the repairability. They say they give you instructions on how to do it, and yet they, yet they also tell you like you may not be able to get it back together again very well. We're not telling right. you, we're not telling you not to do it. We're just warning you that you shouldn't do it. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily great because they do say that if you try to put it together, then some of the seals or whatever will never quite go back in place so you can put it back together but it it does have some issues uh in being put back together i'm looking at specifically what their wording was but uh you know but yes they they have been pretty open about a lot of things uh and and that it's also still somewhat a work in progress in the sense that they still hadn't come out with a um drivers for windows although um and andrew friedman our senior editor at tom's hardware who has uh, who has reviewed this uh, actually was able to install windows on his but um okay you know since they didn't release all the drivers i don't think he was able to get it working with uh with wi-fi yet but mm. he was able to uh to to get it mo- or, or Besides that, I think he wasn't able to get it to get like the controllers totally recognized. So, they're, but they're saying that they're going to to make it available. So, uh, the drivers for Windows, they're trying. Right. It also runs full full fledged uh, Linux on there. Should you should you want to use like Arch Linux? So uh, it has a lot of good things going for it, uh, and you can indeed. Uh, uh, so the company says that opening the case will make the system less resistant to being dropped. So, okay. So that's, uh, you know, probably uh, some sort of a vacuum seal. Yeah. They are also suggesting that, uh, SSDs that you find in stores could, could not work as well as the one that they put in there. Uh, because it, they've tested theirs to be power efficient and not interfere with the wireless. Mm. Um, although, although we'll we'll have to see about that. Uh, however, they use because that's the one thing that you might actually change in there is to put in your own SSD because right. it's so ex- it's fairly expensive to buy a Steam Deck with a larger SSD. However, you should know that the SSD it uses is a twenty two thirty size which is a small, uh, physically smaller SSD. So it may be difficult to, um, those are not as readily available as 2280s, which is what most M2 SSDs are. So you may not actually find a, a good cheap 2230 gotcha. uh, size drive. However, you know, folks do make them. So the possibility is always there. Gotcha. Um, obviously a lot of positives in the thing 
have been some negatives. Um, people were surprised despite the number at how heavy it is. Um, the, the, a pound and a half, 1.47 sounds light enough, but when actually using it, some people have felt like it was unexpectedly heavy. Uh, but you know, whatevs you and I go back long enough on laptops and things to, or portable, uh, gaming systems. The game gear was like 800 pounds. It might very well have been made out of something out of, from outer space. Uh, (laughs) but, um, but the, the real one, the real thing that people have been, have been noting, uh, particularly online, uh, after the first, uh, the, the first batch of units, there have been some complaints about joy, well, not Joy-Con, but controller drift. We talk about it because of the Joy-Con drift that we have seen as such a problem in the Nintendo uh, Switch universe. Um, uh, it has always existed, right? There's always been, at some point, yeah. at some point, a joystick is going to break and it's going to start misbehaving. But this is happening. Oh right yeah, we had box. that problem with my son's switch. Yeah, yeah, you. I mean, you would expect normally they break from use or from getting dirt under them and things like that. Right. So, getting you know your shiny new system and having that right away. Plus, um, you know, if you're the most obvious comparison product to the Steam Deck is the Switch. Right. Because it's the same form factor. That's a form factor that people want. Note, by the way, that the Switch uh, weighs half as much. Right. So so when people say it's heavy, it's probably because they're used to holding a Nintendo Switch that weighs right. uh, 0.88 pounds as opposed to, I think, 1.6 pounds. So pretty much double. I think 1.47, if I remember correctly. Okay, so not not quite, do- not quite double. But, but close enough. To a switch, yeah. Close enough But to compared double. to a Switch, it's a lot, a lot heavier. The other thing that the Switch has going for it that this is not is that the Joy-Cons are removable on the Switch. So if this happens to your Switch, you can replace right. the controllers, the, the joysticks. I mean, even if you can't physically... I mean, there are ways to open up and try to replace a stick, but let's say the controllers just totally go. I mean, like in the case of my son's Joy-Cons, he had a real problem with them. Like, not only were... They, did he, we have joystick... Did we have the stick drift? But it was periodically hitting the home button on its own, which I have mm. no idea how that was happening. So you'd be in the middle of a game, and I would just like go back to the home menu, and that was so infuriating. Yeah. And so we got him new Joy Cons. Problem solved. Now you have the Steam Deck, which costs at least four hundred dollars, uh, and you and you can't do this. I mean, you can open it up and maybe attempt to replace the analog sticks but yeah i mean if if this is really calls attention to the problem now i mean i guess what one could do if you really um want to use your system and the joysticks don't work you could uh, dock it a docking station is coming out or you could just plug it in Right now, I think you can plug it in by USB-C to a monitor, mm-hmm. attach your own controller and play. But then, why are you buying this? Right. Because the whole purpose, the whole purpose of it is to play it as a handheld. Mm-hmm. That ability to 
to, to dock it and play it and then pick it up and walk away and continue to play the same game. That's right. That's your big thing. It's, it's what has made the switch such a popular device. And yeah, if all of a sudden you can't do that, it's not great. The good news though, is that uh, valve has directly responded to this. Um, and in fact, they have said that the issue, uh, I'm trying to see where they said. Uh, they said that the issue has to do with a firmware update. Oh, here it is. The team has looked into the reported issues, and it turns out it was a dead zone regression from a recent firmware update. We just shipped a fix to address the bug, so make sure you're up to date. So they're claiming, oops, our bad. We did this on us. We got it, though. And they, they did put out a firmware update. Um, one of the original uh, one of the original posters who uh, sent all of us down this path of watching this, um, a user on Reddit, uh, updated their device and then ran tests and said that immediately after the firmware update, the drift went away, which is a positive. But, yeah, but <laughs> um, they they also said that um, fine movements had changed in behavior uh, after the firmware update. So, uh, not ideal, but certainly heading in the right direction. I'd rather the controller be fully functional. <laughs> And a little less fine-grained than non-functional and doing things all by itself. Um, but hopefully, this means that they're like they're going to be able to narrow in uh, on on what the the issue is in the firmware and fix it with time. Because it sounds like it's legitimately a software problem, not a hardware problem. Great, but doesn't it call attention to the fact that that down the road this could happen for physical reasons? And then what are you going to do about it? True. Now, I mean, you have the same problem, by the way, if you buy a Nintendo Switch Lite. The Nintendo right. Switch Lite also has the joysticks built in. So, yeah, I mean, not not a great situation. I mean, I will give Valve some some credit in that they tell you how you how you can replace. You know, they're going to give repair instructions, but that definitely would would concern me. It would be nice if. I mean, one thing, obviously, this was a question that a lot of people had when they first announced it, which is, what are you going to do about joystick drift? And they said, well, we're trying to find some really high quality joysticks. But I don't know. Maybe it's inevitable that joystick drift can happen over time. And then and then what do you do? Personally, I'm not going to lie. Personally, I I feel that that drift is like Thanos. I believe it's inevitable. Um, and, and in chat, uh, uh, Alante says, mine certainly has drift in both joy cons referring to his switch, but my PS4 and Xbox one controllers have all gotten drift issues as well over time. I think right. it's just so a if nature you can of replace the controller. If you can replace the controller, right. then your problem is solved. But if it's built in, then you've got a problem. So that's. Uh, you know, 
that's 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 kind of where where we stand so i don't know i think they even though they fixed the problem they've also reminded people of of the problem with the design which is that if this happens in, inevitably yeah. they're going to be stuck doing something that they don't really want that is not recommended which is trying to open it up i mean, right. i'm sure there will i'm sure there will be some type of cottage industry in replacement uh, analog sticks that fit yeah um, that fit the steam deck yeah uh but i just a a business recommendation to the guys over at you break i fix uh i'd get to know this hardware <laughs> pretty quick if if i were you cuz that might be the cottage in industry for <laughs> for fixing it um and yeah from chat this definitely seems like a quirk of modern gaming in general yeah i think i think it's a i think it's a quirk of the way joysticks work um modernly the original joysticks you know atari and whatnot that were left right up yeah it never happened right but they were far less controlled right it was for the most part it was it was four directions the second generation had eight directions um but you know none of this you know uh very fine grain control over direction and speed and things like that. It was mostly an all or nothing kind of control. So it may have worked differently. There may have literally just been actuators inside. I don't know, but that's not how the current ones work. Um, and I think it's, I think it's the idea of, uh, the way modern, you know, modern joysticks work. Um, and, Alante is saying up to PS3 and Xbox 360, there were no drift drift issues. But I've got a 360 uh, controller that had drift. I've got an original uh, Xbox controller. I've got PS2 uh, controllers that do it. Um, I think I think the more control you have over motion using the joystick, uh, the more likely it is to to do this. That's and from what I've read, you know, Nintendo did a whole, they, they published a whole piece on the problem and they basically went into that, that the way the modern things work with the push and pull and all of that, uh, is, is the reason why it's kind of inevitable. So the more control you have, I think the more likely it is. And modern controllers have a lot of control <laughs> in their, yep. in their, uh, analog sticks. So. But yeah, I think you're right. This this does remind people of one of the biggest drawbacks of the of the hardware design, uh, and I guess we'll see over time how it plays out. Hopefully, the problem will not be as common <laughs> as as uh, Nintendo has been experiencing, though. Fingers crossed. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, 
Malware Bytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. Uh, it, act it actively blocks things like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. And to learn more and get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. All right. Um, so we've been talking about Ukraine a lot tonight because obviously it's a big topic. Uh, and what's happening over there has a lot of potential impact uh, across the globe. But one of the things that has really been highlighted by what's been going on is uh, something that Avram and I have talked about several times in the past has been the centralization of the internet into a couple of companies. Um, when the AWS issues happened uh, a couple years ago and even Netflix went down, uh, we, we talked about why that was a problem. And now we're seeing a new reason why it's a problem. Uh, because from all sides, it's been real easy to, uh, to block the flow of content. Um, uh, Russia blocked Facebook, I think. Uh, definitely Twitter. Uh, I'm almost certain YouTube. I can't remember all of the platforms. Yeah, YouTube and Twitter pretty quick. I think they threatened on Facebook. And when this was written, it hadn't happened. But I think now it might have. Um, and then you've got big tech companies who said, you know what? We don't want uh, we don't want our platform to work in the country. Not because of political pressure, but because of their own uh, decisions. Um, and then you've got companies who are pulling content. Uh, you know, Apple uh, pulled some apps out of the iPhone store that the Ukrainian military was using uh, for coordination. You've got um, you've got uh, Facebook and Twitter that before they were pulled, they were they were actively censoring content in uh, in Russia. It's definitely an interesting idea, right? That the flow of content mostly comes in a very small, very small pipe these days, which is the joke about the name of the segment, News from the Tubes. It's the, 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 the sources has, have really uh, shrunk down. And if you have a couple of, of these big tech companies say, no, you don't get that content anymore. That content is dead. This is not the first time we've seen it, of course. Uh, but this is certainly, I think, the big blinking light over top of the problem. I mean, yes, but you also have... Uh, my understanding is that Russia has actually cut off a lot of these things, yeah. too. So it, it hurts the ability of people in... Um, of people in Russia to get objective sources of news mm -hmm. for them to, to, to get news that is not being provided by their government, which is definitely not an unbiased source. They shut down uh, the, the last news station in Russia that was not government owned uh, this week. The employees walked out because right. uh, they were told to get out of the building and they just left in the middle of the broadcast. Right. So, so, you know, on the other hand, you could say, well, we're, we're concerned about these country, about companies that are, 
uh, censoring. But on the other hand, if you live in a certain type of uh, country, then the, I mean, the thing that everyone should really be worried about is government-sponsored censorship. Yes. When folks talk about a platform like Twitter or Facebook or even YouTube uh, uh, blocking content or blocking a region, they are a private company that is within their rights to decide who do we want to broadcast to and what do we want to broadcast. Sure. They are not. They are not a government entity of any government, uh, and so therefore they have to decide what what looks good, what works right for their brand. Right. Good example. I'm staring at right now on my screen. YouTube has controversially decided not to pull Russia Today. So. Oh, do they change uh, their mind on that? Well, I'm looking at it right now, and it's live wow. on their site, and there are videos that have been updated. Uh, videos that have been updated uh, as recently as seven hours ago. Okay. Actually live coverage too. Um, okay. And, because they had pulled both RT and Sputnik at one point. No, there are, I mean, I don't know, but I haven't looked for Sputnik, but RT uh, is right here. And uh, also, and RT has, um, let's see, uh, instead of referring to it as a war, they refer to it as the Donbass Special Op. So, uh, I'm sorry. My mind is on Futurama, and I definitely heard you say Donbot, and that's not what you said. Donbass. I may be okay. pronouncing it wrong, but uh, the because uh, that's the uh, because they were in the Donbass region. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so this had been pulled from so many places that they actually laid off their American staff earlier in the week. Right. So YouTube still carrying it, right? Well, carrying um, it again. Some, or, or right. Some, some have argued that this is, um, you know, Russian uh propaganda now on the other hand you know i guess in a free society you you could argue that in a free society you should allow different forms of information whether you consider them to be uh truthful or not but the but yeah it's like that so different now, you might ask, what is YouTube's motivation? I don't know. Maybe YouTube's motivation is very is very simply that they don't want to be seen taking a side in the conflict. Maybe YouTube's motivation is that they would very much like the millions of views that they're getting from our, from people viewing RT. Sure. I, and, I don't know. And in, in reality, even even if it is 100% known propaganda, which, of course, it's the thing that Russia is best at. Uh, so it, okay. it shouldn't be a surprise, right? Um, but being able okay. to see what their take is on the world has value. <laughs> even from an entirely uh, propagandist standpoint, 
being able to see what they're what they're saying has value. It's the thing that we yeah. didn't understand during World War II, right? We didn't understand exactly what it was that was being said in Germany because the internet didn't exist. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I well, first of all, this is being broadcast to a this is being propagandized for a U.S. Uh, audience mm-hmm. or for a Western mm-hmm. audience. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is a perfect mirror of what people are seeing in Russia. Sure. But uh, you know, I guess the problem is what people. Uh, nicely called media literacy, right? Uh, right. It's oh, how do you know that this is propaganda? Um, can, do you know how how to take this with a grain of salt? Do you do you right. understand what the motivations of the source of this are? Um, unfortunately, people can be not very discerning right. uh, with what they believe on the internet. So. You know, if it's, it's owned, operated, or funded by a government, don't care which one, there's propaganda in there, at the very least, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair, fair, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, but a lot of things are not "quote unquote" owned by a government. And you, you know, look, one yeah. person's propaganda is another person's. So, like, there's a sure, lot to sure. this. There's a lot to this. I understand why, why a company would decide. Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to become an arbiter of truth here. Sure, but they're all, but the reality is also that a lot of people believe the stuff that they're seeing, and and then uh, some of the blocks, things that are getting blocked or maybe blocked because Russia's blocking them. It's like, hey, wait a second, there were a lot of Russian bots participating in things on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, now all of a sudden they're. Now all of a sudden the bots have nowhere the bots are have to stay home or something. So <laughs> unless of course so, an exception has been made. <laughs> yeah, I don't Cause, know. Because if, so, if the bots are state sponsored, those data centers might yeah, be they, exempted from the ban. Yes. I've heard somewhere, and maybe this is not backed up by actual like studies, that the, the bot traffic had, had dropped, but I would imagine I, so. I don't know. You know, uh, lots of different businesses it'll, are having it'll move to, to Belarus <laughs> are having to make their um, you know decisions about how they're going to navigate uh, navigate this conflict. Do they want to be seen as kind of Switzerland? Not Switzerland today, I should say, but World War II Switzerland. A great yeah. example up uh, until seven days ago. <laughs> Yes. Do they want to be seen as Switzerland of traditional Switzerland position of we we don't take a side no matter what, uh, or do they see the the cost of that? So, right. you know, just as we said that Facebook and you know YouTube is keeping Russia Today going, uh, Facebook and Twitter are well. Was Twitter was dropped by Russia, not the other way around, right? Correct. But they've so, also been, they've also been very active in pulling content, right? And then on the on on the other hand, you have companies, um, you know, like Coca Cola is uh, Coca Cola's uh, no not pulling out at all, but Visa, Visa, and Mastercard are so like Microsoft, you know, every, no new no new sales of any Microsoft products in Russia. 
So, you know, you could, I mean, there's an interesting philosophical question going on here, which I really don't have the answer to, which is, you know, obviously there's, even if you uh, stringently disagree with uh, Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, you know, do Russian, you know, do the average Russian people would be buying Microsoft Office, uh, you know, is denying them Windows or Office going to, to change anything? Right. I, I don't know. You know, is denying them, um, is denying them Coke going to change something? I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is that these companies uh, don't want to be seen as supporting uh, something that is rightfully very unpopular right now. And there's also school of thought that if if economic life in Russia becomes hard enough, then it it then the uh, pressure on the Kremlin to to pull back uh, ratchets up, even if, you know, even if Putin himself has all the copies of Microsoft Office that he'll ever need. Um, so <laughs> Although maybe uh, he won't get updates. Will he get security updates? Will they get Windows Update? It's a fair question. I don't know. The I mean, the wording was no new product sales. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting question because when you, I mean, part of what's going on here, right, is that Russia is, is hurt so much by this because they've been integrated into the global economy in the last right. 30 years, right? right? If this were happening in 1987 or something, these type of sanctions probably wouldn't help very much. But now because Russia is using, everyone in Russia is using Microsoft Office and Microsoft Word, this might hurt them. Right. Uh, if this situation goes on for... I don't know years then then you have to presume that they're going to start making their own more of their own products right that allow them to be more separate from the global market like you know they don't need i mean they could make their own um you know there's a lot of uh, software talent there and there's open source things that they could mm -hmm. get they could very easily switch everybody over to some flavor of linux although maybe they could although if the linux i don't know i don't know can linux cut somebody off from getting the latest kernel i don't know but even if that's the case even if that's the case that doesn't really matter i mean you can still spin your own linux pretty well right, right. um so i mean you know they when you do these things they definitely may eventually uh, cause uh, Russia to go out and look for their own internal solutions for some of them. Uh, look at Huawei, right? They built their own version of uh, of an OS since Google has cut them off from uh, Android. Yeah. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that Microsoft shouldn't do this because, look, I mean, it is absolutely hurting hurting that country right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is also a statement by these companies to say, like, we don't want, you know, we're, we want to distance ourselves, ourselves right. from this, uh, you know, 
distance ourselves from this. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, obviously, obviously it's good for people to have a free flow of information. Uh, is the problem though that Facebook has too much power or that the Russian government is able to cut people off, is able to cut off all independent sources of news? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know that's that's part of the thing there's been talk for for years about a uh a second web right that's non-centralized in any way um you know tor was kind of an attempt at that um which is actually incredibly popular in russia despite or possibly because it was developed by the military um but this this splinter might be the thing that that pushes it further uh conceptually who knows uh you know like you said anytime something like this happens there's there's bobbing and weaving that happens around it and uh maybe this is the thing that that brings up a a second generation of of the web or of the internet as a whole who knows that this whole thing i think the point of both, I guess, all three segments <laughs> that have dived into it in some way tonight. Uh, I think the point is that changes are going to come out of all of this. Um, some for the better, some for the worse. We don't know exactly how it'll happen, but the one thing we know for sure is changes will come from this. Decentralizing production of neon in in Ukraine and chips in Taiwan and uh, de- possibly decentralizing the internet. All of those things are, are realistic uh, and possible. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it also though, depends on how long this goes on. Yeah. Right. Uh, so obviously a lot of these things have been put in place with the thought that this is going to go on for a long time and maybe it will, but the, the damage to Russia's economy seems pretty severe right now. So, you know, I don't know what happens. I asked this question in the discussion I was in on, on social and folks said, there's no way that this would actually happen, but like what happens if, I don't know, tomorrow uh, Russia decides to, to pull back as we've suffered enough, you know, or they found a way to find a way to save face or something like that. Yeah. And they, and they pull back Do the sanctions get dropped right away. Does, uh, you know, does everything go back to the way it was a month ago? Right. How, like how soon does normal come back? If normal comes back in a month, do you think people are going to worry that much about the ramifications of it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all, there's a lot of conjecture, obviously. Um, who knows? The, it, but it, it's definitely making a lot of us think about things in a different way, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Taking, taking a look at something from a new perspective can oftentimes be a, a positive and healthy thing. Um, obviously, the lives being lost the number of which is equally in question because, uh, you know, propaganda for both sides. So the number we don't know, but obviously the lives lost is not 
is not worth the, the the new perspective. But I mean, if, if you're, we're looking for something to come out of this, a new perspective on a lot of things might be might be that silver lining. Who knows? But I don't think this is going to be a short term thing. I think we're going to be talking about this for a while and seeing effects of it. Like you said earlier in the show, the effects are not going to be immediately undone even if they were to back out tomorrow because, you know, whole parts of the Ukraine are on fire. Uh, so even if they were to pull out tomorrow, the the effects of this will be felt for a while. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on, on how this affects uh, the tech world and the things around it. This week's Dear I'm Not Included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, you know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more. Uh, you get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to use on the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming and a lot more than that. We've got links to these features uh, and some of our other favorites, plus a 30-day free trial if you're not already a subscriber, and all of that can be found by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right. I know I said it last time, but I'll say it again. I have to update that card as well. Uh, <laughs> it's got the wrong, the wrong price as of now, I think. Anyway, uh, let's talk something calmer it's been a pretty intense show let's talk about disney uh <laughs> disney plus uh has officially announced after some rumors for a couple of days a new subscription tier now we've kind of subs uh assumed that we would see one of these eventually uh but it is an ad supported tier that will be less expensive than the current subscription which is already one of the le uh, least expensive uh, subscriptions um, out there uh, and Disney says they have not said what the price is going to be they have also not said how many ads you're going to see uh, during your content but what they have said is that it is going to be the most affordable uh, streaming subscription in the industry so that's interesting because Peacock is free so <laughs> ah, but but <laughs> You don't get will the whole you catalog. get access? Yeah, will you get the whole catalog with Disney? Right, right. So uh, Peacock uh, with ads and the whole catalog, I think it's four ninety nine. So I think that sets a bar, right? I think nine ninety nine for the for the whole catalog without ads and four ninety nine for the whole catalog with ads. So I think that's setting a bar. If Disney wants it to be uh, the most affordable in the industry, they're going to have to come in under that, right? Uh, but they have not said how much it will be. They have not said how intrusive the ads will be. But Disney also owns Hulu. And the ads on there are pretty intense. Uh, sometimes more ads than there is content in a show. So hopefully that is not the model they're going for. And we'll find something, some more happy medium. Peacock, for example, uh, is, a, is a pretty good... A pretty good ad-supported model, I think. Um, 
that they could be that they could be uh, basing off of, because they're not nearly as intrusive as they are on on say Hulu. I or... find Paramount Plus to be okay. Yeah, uh, I have Paramount Plus with ads, and I find that to be okay. Yeah, that's that's the other one I was going to recommend that they they take a look at, uh, but certainly not Hulu. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, uh, it's oh, that was the one that I was willing to pay for the upgrade on. <laughs> it was that bad. Uh, so you know, uh, I think this is a it's I to go back to Thanos. I think this was inevitable. Um, so many of the streaming services have gone this way, have added this tier. Uh, even the one you know, the ones that didn't have it to start with have added it. Peacock started with it. Um, uh, Hulu started with it, um, but many of the ones that aren't Netflix um, that didn't start with it have implemented it because uh, there's a lot of competition. The streaming fatigue is real, <laughs> or the uh, the subscription yeah. fatigue is real, um, and so you know we talk all the time. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you make yourself stand out if you're the only? service that is always charging full price well maybe people are going to look elsewhere so i i think yeah. i think this was inevitable for them yeah i mean disney has a lot going for it though i yeah. mean they have the full disney catalog they have they have all their marvel uh marvel, marvel star, wars. star wars content they uh they've also have brought a lot of new content to the platform that you know people can well i mean i should say they're the streaming home of new disney and marvel content mm -hmm. as it comes out not just the not just the shows but obviously or you know encanto coming on there or whatever so the um, the netflix original marvel shows are disney plus now yeah so i mean there disney plus has a lot going for it um whereas uh you know some of these other ones that are basically run by tv networks don't have as much going for them yeah peacock really doesn't have much going for it uh paramount at least paramount has uh star trek going for it which is the reason i subscribe uh -huh. although apparently this was very sad to hear i don't know if you heard this but apparently they got a lot more subscribers from having clifford the big red dog on paramount plus than they've gotten even from star trek i don't even know what to do with that sentence <laughs> i mean that i mean what must it have cost them to have clifford the big red dog on there not much compared to producing all this original star trek content that they're <laughs> they producing they say like we yeah we got clifford the big red red dog i mean don't get me wrong my kids loved clifford the big red dog so um but but it's not but nevertheless but it's not picard yeah Yes, it's not Picard. <laughs> it's not Picard. It's not Discovery. Uh, it's not Lower Decks. So, yeah. Or even but Janeway. I can't remember the name of that one. But Oh, but, oh Prodigy. Yeah. Prodigy. But I enjoy that one, too. Um, 
I, I started watching it and I couldn't get into it. Maybe I'll, I'll try again. The Star Trek Prodigy. The others, the, I, the first two were know, a little I, off. I love. The the tone of the yeah. first two were rough. The first one in particular, yeah. but by like the third yeah. episode, I think the characters had depth enough. Wow. I mean, Nickelodeon depth, but depth. I have. I'll, I'll give you another one that doesn't have an ad tier, but if they would like to add one, I would support that. Uh, Britbox. Britbox is my new is my new streaming obsession. I I, yeah. I love Britbox now. <laughs> So, and that's relatively affordable. I think for the year it's like $70 or something. Yeah. Uh, but they do not have an ad tier. Uh, and you cannot download, uh, you cannot download stuff to watch, to watch offline either. Yeah. With BritBox. From what but, I can tell, uh, uh, the BBC iPlayer uh, and, and uh, Channel 4, uh, or all four, I guess, of the streaming service, in... Britain doesn't have that ability. So uh, that doesn't huh. shock me. Uh, well, I would actually pay extra for BritBox to have British ads. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would love to see. I would love to see the... I don't know. Are there even commercials on BBC in, in the UK? Or do they... Yes. Because I know it was run by the government, so I don't know if they still... If they have commercials. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And and the ads are fascinating. Yeah, it's always so. it's always interesting to see ads for things like okay, the the Samsung Galaxy S. What's the current one? Twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Okay, so the the ad for the twenty one that you constantly saw, right? Uh, that ends with like the girl dancing with people behind her on the street or whatever. Exact same ad, different song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It shocked me the first time because I, I saw the visual come up before she puts the earbuds in and starts to to hear the music. Right. I'm like, oh, I know this ad. Oh, I don't know this ad. That's the wrong song. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're interesting to see products that you know, but very different ad <laughs> yeah well you know so i can't uh i i don't know that disney needs to do this but i guess it helps their overall numbers yeah uh, they must have done the math so so let them yep we don't know when it's going to happen we don't know how much it's going to cost uh and we don't know uh how intense the ads are going to be all we know is it's happening what does that mean We'll let you know when we find out. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. We have fun uh, following the chat. Uh, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, f5live.tv slash join us. Or, of course, you can find us on YouTube or Twitch uh, and chat with us that way. Um, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Lots of ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. You'll see all of our shows and links to all of the platforms on which you can find it, or at least most of them. And if there's a platform that we're not on that you would like us to be, let us know. We will see what we can do. Uh, we've been expanding 
just recently, in fact, um, there's a, a video platform called Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E, -E, um, that we are officially on uh, as of this week. Uh, we've been enjoying that platform so far. The interface is pretty nice, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> how many people are actually watching over there to decide how long we'll stick around. So uh, if you're on Odyssey, go check it out. Give us a comment. Uh, let us know that you're over there uh, so that we know that we should stay there. We're looking at other platforms too. If there's somewhere we should be, let us know. And, uh, and we'll see what we can do. And I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avery. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.